Python, but ooh, it's happening all over again. The circle of life. Eurovision 2023 is upon us. So welcome to Eurobliss. Okay, yeah, that's enough. Oh, it's bedlam in here, bedlam. Okay, so national final season is over, or as we call it here at Eurobliss, the annual foreplay. So it's with open arms that we welcome you to not one, not two, but three Eurobliss preview shows. That's right, we've had the foreplay, and now we're having a raw and uncut threesome. Same as last year. Um, <laughs> do you actually enjoy the national final season, boys? Um, some of the national final, the Finnish national final, was one of the best national finals I've seen for years. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would say nearly all of the Finnish songs should be imported into this year's contest, given another country's name, and half of the other <laughs> countries should be uh, ditched from the contest because the, the quality was that high. Um, but generally? But generally, it was a bit of a snooze fest, and Melody Festival seems to get worse and worse every year because it just looks like it's been doing the same thing for the last 10 or 15 we years. We should get to that in preview shows, Yeah, really. yeah. It's, um, I did enjoy the German final simply because of the fact that, for once, Germany wasn't as bad as it normally is. Uh, and there were, there were... Yeah, no, I mean, well, they've got a sort of competitive song this year, but... Uh, but I have to say, I don't know what Juan thinks, I was watching more through duty and obligation than pure enthusiasm. This year I approached the national finals with a bit more detachment. Last year I just remember being angry and heartbroken and I can't even remember what I was heartbroken about. Hey, mama. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this, so this year I approached it more carefully. I just wanted to have a good time instead of getting too invested. I thought Benidorm was great. I thought UMK was fantastic. Like Hoidamut and Ulivoimainen. Um, uh, oh, that. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, great, great national final season. And I enjoyed it. I had fun. I had fun. Didn't it, get too attached. It can be torture, though. It can be absolute torture. So if the definition of a perfect Eurovision is one where all your favourite songs win their heats, is it a perfect Eurovision for you, Mr Mark? It is not a perfect Eurovision. There are at least three songs that were overlooked and lost in their national finals, which really should have been representing their countries. And also, I mean, if you're a country with a fairly bad recent track record... Malta, why do you have to book 40-odd songs in front of us for a national final and just select one that's not great anyway? Um, it does seem, <laughs> it does seem uh, a little self-indulgent. What about you, Johnny? Sorry, what was the question? No, I've got no idea. Just nod, just nod, yeah, just yeah, nod. Yes, yes. Best I love songs, it. I love it. All I love the it. Best songs, <laughs> were all the best songs chosen? Uh, absolutely not. But I am... I think this year is a little bit more like high peaks and low valleys. My personal favorite this year, I did not think would win the national final. And to my surprise, it, it, it won. I won't, I won't divulge too much. Uh, and also the worst song of the year is even like uh, a bit juicy, like scandalous and like uh, surrounded by intrigue and... and uh, we shall get to that yes. shortly. Oh, I wonder you know what he's I'm... talking about. Yeah. <laughs> what could it be? <laughs> well, it could have been a very different show, but it is what we is, what it is, and we will learn to love it. Now, the deadline for this year's song submission was Monday, the March the 13th, and since then, social media has been a frenzy with Eurovision gossip and an overwhelming and disturbing amount of those weird reaction videos. Now, do we like these? 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I like to know what people out there are thinking. I'm always very aware of the fact that one or two people making a lot of noise on a video or on a website don't speak for the whole of fandom. I do take a little bit more notice of things like the ESC fan poll where people buy this gadget and download their votes. But even now, that's only running at 34,000 votes. Well, you know, more people probably are watching that in Milton Keynes on the Saturday night of the final. <laughs> uh, so, you know... Um, we have to be really wary about the bubble. Uh, even our opinions amongst the three of us, and, of course, we know everything. We know nothing. We know <laughs> about Eurovision, but we are not representative of what happens out there. And, of course, you remember the difference. The semi-final, it's the conoscenti, it's the enthusiasts who watch. It comes to the Saturday night, the audience is completely different, and people get one shot at one song and they vote. And, uh, and on that, a song can win or lose. So... There's a democracy about all this. You've got to be really, really wary about not getting too much in the bubble. Well, as you can hear, I'm very blessed to be encircled, literally trapped in this soundproofed booth here in lovely Limehouse. I've got my lovely Mark and my lovely Juan. Hello, boys. Hi! Hi. Uh, we're going to play and review all of this year's 37 songs and bear in mind that Eurovision songs sound better with alcohol. We are going to be terrifically tipsy by the end of this and I have a feeling one of us is tipsy already. Hmm... Mm. Well, what's that bad be? <laughs> uh, so here's some fast bump. The format for this year is the now familiar two semi-finals. The first on Tuesday, May the 9th, where you'll find 15 songs in battle. Then Thursday, May the 11th, where there'll be 16 songs in battle. There's a new rule of 100% televoting for the semis. I mean, if it's not broken, don't mend it kind of thing. But anyway... Um, the but it was broken because there was all that jury corruption mm -hmm. in the semi-final, and I think that's why they've done it. Well, I find out what we on the 13th of May. The top ten songs from each show will progress to Saturday's excellent final on that day, and you'll find the big five, the Grand Sank, that's Spain, France, Italy, Germany, United Kingdom, plus our delightful co-hosts, Ukraine, which makes 26 countries battling their way to eternal musical supremacy. Now, uh, the dropouts... Both North Macedonia and Montenegro have withdrawn, citing costs of staying in the United Kingdom too expensive. Now, I paid £22 of treatable vodka last week, which is criminal, so I don't blame them at all. And we've also lost Bulgaria, whose broadcaster has suddenly decided that the programme is absolutely pants. There you go. Although I did note at one point, did you see this, um, with the bookmakers that both Bulgaria and North Macedonia were included in the bookmakers' tables and they weren't even last. <laughs> so the moral here is that you can have a better <laughs> chance of winning by not participating. Anyway, so I, I think Luxembourg might win this year. I think they've got a damn good chance, that's what I say. <laughs> that leaves us with 37 countries, each one in their own way having spent sleepless nights trying to create the perfect three-minute masterpiece designed to covet that delicious, gorgeous glass trophy and to subsequently have the great pleasure of hosting next year and in turn help cripple their country's economy. And just to add to the tension this year, for the first time there's a brand new country voting in the final. It's called The Rest of of the world. Let's see if that actually works. Nine of this year's 37 songs are sung entirely in the national language, five have gone for a hybrid, and the rest will be in English. This year's venue is the MS Marks and Spencers Bank Arena in Liverpool, home of the Beatles Stiller Black, and apparently 32 life-size cardboard cutouts of 1993 second place Sonia. Have you read about that? 
Nope. Oh dear. The venue was supposed to seat one hundred, well, like eleven thousand people, but once the stage had been built and uh, blah 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 blah, that figure seems to have dramatically dropped to just six thousand. So can you imagine an FA Cup final with just six thousand seats available? Tickets. Oh, here we go. <laughs> for the grand final, cost a face value maximum of three hundred and eighty pounds. But we're going to get onto that. In the third of the preview show, so here's the deal. I'm going to introduce each country according to the timeline of the songs being released. I'm going to tell you a bit about each song and I'll be as non-biased as I possibly can. And then Michi Cause here are going to thrill you all with pearls of visionary wisdom and intelligent and insightful comments. Now, the usual question, my boys, is it a vintage year? No. 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 <laughs> well, are you but, vision- but, but, but it is livelier than last year, I would say. There is more fun. Define fun? Um, Not many ballads. Yes, let's say that. OK, fair enough. Our <laughs> Eurovision pendulum, because we have one, is suggesting the winner will not be a hip-hop rap group. And as we sit here at the end of March, the bookmakers have Sweden, Finland, Ukraine and Norway as favourites. And the polls are saying Sweden, Israel, Finland, and you're going to laugh at this. Do you know what I'm going to say next? Germany. Uh, uh, as, as coming in a sort of form. But that will all change, of course, as rehearsals get underway. So let's get stuck in. And speaking of the favourites, we start off on a high. The Ukraine got the ball rolling on the 17th of December last year. Now, I think this should be a tradition that last year's winners are the first to choose their song for the following year. It's only polite. And can you imagine the revolution in Sweden? Well, you'll all know why the UK is hosting this year and not Ukraine, and it's epic that the Ukrainian broadcaster managed to get seven acts together and present their regular Vidbia national final in a bunker, 90 metres underground and during a blackout. Winning both the jury and the public vote was Tvorchi, an electric music duo from Ternopil, who'd been on the Ukrainian music scene since 2018. Their winning song is called Hearts of Steel, and this will undoubtedly be the song that gets the biggest round of clap in Liverpool. The Ukrainians always send something fun and creative. So let's see what you think of their entry this year. It's about the dangers of nuclear war and not giving up in the face of adversity. Liverpool is kind of known for their rounds of clap, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes gotta let it go Sometimes gotta look away Sometimes just gotta know When to stick your middle finger up in the air I cannot explain Tell you how I feel Life is just a game And I'm playing for the win Don't be scared to say just what you think Cause no matter how bad someone's listening I 
just hit the action move. Не зважаючи на біль, я продовжую свій бій. Світ палає, а ти дій. Don't be scared to say just what you think. Cause no matter how bad someone's listening. Don't get what you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ukraine have an excellent track record at Eurovision being the only country left with a 100% qualification record. Hmm. What do you reckon? Hmm. In terms of winning, I think this is the proverbial joker in the deck. Could be like last year that they get all the points. Uh, Yeah, it's impossible to say whether the audience will have the same response as last year. Uh, But for me, this is a properly modern piece of like epic hip-hop it has this like ominous vibe and i think it has really big staging potential and the ukraine are the modern masters of staging so i would not write this off even though i am not a pop fan i feel this is very high quality production from the ukraine however i don't massively connect to it i do expect to connect to it a bit more when they uh, uh, combine it with the staging. Sure. You see, I think it will be a disaster for Eurovision if Ukraine won this year with the song, uh, because it would almost certainly be on the basis of a repeat televote score, which last year very few people detracted and and got negative about, and everyone said, fair enough. Uh, Stephanie was probably in other years not, an absolutely automatic winner, but it was a very plausible winner and they deserved it. I think there is war fatigue. I really don't... I see this getting a high-ish televote score, but not a monster score that's going to actually secure the win. I think it's definitely going to end up in the top ten and possibly even in the top five. But I find the song rather boring. Uh, I find it rather plodding. I love the little uh, orchestral interlude about two minutes in but when you're saying I like it when there's no one's singing and they've disappeared for a few seconds you know <laughs> that there's a problem with the song so I don't think to be honest in the annals of time when you look back at all the great Ukrainian entries this is not going to be in your top three but when they won when they win Ukraine the following hosting song is never a good one is it That's true. Uh, And also they had a corking song in the national final when God closed the door this year, uh, which came second. And and that would have been a much more uh, competitive entry, joining the list of lots of countries this year that chose the wrong song. (laughs) Albania is next, always one of the first countries to pick their song of the 61st Festival Ikengens, or the FIK, to those of us in the know, was held on December the 22nd last year. And this time around there was a rule change at least as far as Eurovision is concerned in that the jury will choose the winner of the festival but it's the public 
vote that determines the song that goes on to Liverpool. So with that in mind, it's interesting to note that the winner of the FIK did not get the vote to go to Eurovision. So the honour to represent the Balkan country went to 25-year-old Albina Kelmendi and the Kelmendi family. Yes, she's roped in five members of her actual family to join her on stage. It might sound a bit weird. I'm guessing brothers, sisters, def definitely mum and dad in there. Grandma, possibly? Anyway, um, <laughs> they beat 41 other songs in the three-day event and, as ever, the Albanian song disappeared for a while and returned, shaved, plucked and moisturised and remodelled into a three-minute Eurovision version which was finally dropped on the 11th of March, although no-one seemed to notice. It's called Duye, which means love them, and it's currently rank outsiders alongside Romania at 300 to 1. Duye! one. 
Well, just for our uninitiated listeners and those who don't realise the difference this year between semi-final one and semi-final two, this is in semi-final two. And semi-final two is arguably the worst semi-final in recent Eurovision history, which means that practically anything that puts some decent staging together and does a polished chance with 100% televote voting has got a chance of getting through. So you can't discount this. On the other hand, I'm just getting a little bit tired of every year. I feel as I'm in kind of um, Groundhog Day mode with Albania because <laughs> I switch on and I see a woman uh, with strong vocals running around like in one of those Scottish Widows ads with the big black cape on going, ah! <laughs> and I said, you know, when was the last time a bloke sang for you, Albania? It was Eugene in, in, in 2018. So it's basically, it's a... It's a Vote here for them. Can we have the men back next year, please? This might get through. If it does, it will be ninth or tenth, but it may well be another non-qualification. Yeah, this is in the weaker semi, but at least Eurovision has given us one strong semi this year. The first semi is a bloodbath. No, I I, I got that joke. That went over Mark's head. That went over Mark's head. (laughs) Strong semi. Yeah. Way. Way. Don't matter. Damn towels, Tasha Lube. Tell me after the show. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so in the studio cut, you have, for me, this kind of luscious Albanian old school ballad dripping with like ethnic identity, giving all the drama and sort of giving vocals tinge with sort of melodramatic sorrow. Very satisfactorily for me, ticking my Eurovision box. But then in the Festival Kenya's live version, you have one of the messiest and most awkward performances of the season. Uh, I love the concept of having a musical family of several generations performing on stage, but it it has to kind of work. The family looked like rabbits in the headlights. And by contrast, she is like completely overacting. As much as I like the song and it sort of gives a a kind of retro vibe, Eurovision vibe from like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I think there are too many obstacles that need to be overcome for it to qualify. Having said that, I really hope they do because I would kind of love it if they did. It's not going to qualify, just face it. <laughs> it's now January the 14th. There were seven acts in the Belgian Eurosong 2023 national final, winning neither the public vote nor the jury vote, but scoring enough points to win the comp- contest with 42-year-old Gustav and his co-written gay anthem, Because of You. And you know who he beat? Uh, oh, Tom, Tom with the guitar. Tom the, the, without a guitar. Tom the dice. Tom yeah. the dice with the girl. But I mean, and he also beat Shireen <laughs> with Simon Huipa, which was definitely the best song this year. Absolutely. Anyway, Gustav is. Oh, you like this? Gustav is very flamboyant. No. Flamboyant. Oh! oh. Well, I mean, he's got snot all over his clothes. <laughs> Call he's, an Uber and get out of here. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> he's the Belgian boy, George. No stranger to the big Eurovision stage, having done backing vocals for Hoover Phonic a couple of years ago. Let's boogie! And when the world got me going crazy I'll carry on And it's all because of you
I do find it's uh, our duty as homosexuals to know all the songs for Eurovision. <laughs> uh, and I actually, I like the sort of happy gay anthem vibe of this track. I also find it a lot easier to root for him than I did for Israel last year for Michael Ben David. I feel like there is something quite authentic about him about his gayness and who he is as a person uh, which I respond to even though the song isn't quite for me here I want to like and support it more than I actually do uh, it's not like bad or anything it is uplifting and joyful it does sound like a lot of things that I have heard <laughs> before I find both the staging in the national final and the music to be a tad unimaginative Uh, it's a gay song, so let's have you know drag queens voguing and a strong and strong black women singing house music. Uh, you know, I love the LGBTQ vibes and the message, but the whole thing feels a little bit forced and dated rather than retro. Um, his voice sounds great. It's a bit sort of boy George adjacent. I like the stage persona. And I am definitely rooting for him. I really hope they can elevate this on stage and give us a feel good gay party. Mm. Um, isn't it just a bit empty and vacuous? Yes, Mark. I mean, just like, <laughs> just like a newly douched asshole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a gay song and it's a very appropriate like you joke. Ever douche. <laughs> people said this is, people said this is a bop. You know, uh. well, what happens if you're not really into bopping for a start? Sorry to be miserable here. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm a very insecure gay man, but I don't like being represented by some guy in a sort of great big pink sort of cape. Who do you like being represented by? Uh, a girl. Tom Dice. <laughs> oh, Tom Dice. I think you like to be represented by a girl in a big pink cape singing a French ballad. He <laughs> <laughs> secretly turns out to be a man. Yeah, yeah Anne-Marie David really is a man. Um, I, just, I just find this empty. I just find it so... Like I've heard something like this in the hairdressers or the barbers or in the supermarket or in the lift a million times before. And unless he can somehow, by sheer force of personality and staging, turn this into three minutes of absolute revelry and get the whole crowd on board, he's got a chance if it happens. Well, it's quoting here, he's going, my Eurovision performance will be very different, so yeah, he needs to do something. According to the bookmakers, he's going to finish 11th in his semi-final and not qualify. Hmm. 
That's borderline. He's a borderline quality. He has a very, very strong uh, position in the semi-final. I think this could qualify. He comes after cool, sleepy, slightly boring, ballady Estonia. So mm. it'll certainly liven things up when he comes on stage. Yes. You love that song. Anyway, let's move on <laughs> to the next Ooh! one. Checha, because that is officially now a country. The Chechas presented five Eurovision contenders in the very short yet proud programme on Monday the 29th of January. And then there was a week of online voting and then the following Tuesday on the 7th of February, which is incidentally my birthday, it was announced that Vesna will go to Liverpool. Now, Vesna traditionally is a Slavic pagan goddess of spring and fertility. But for the purposes of Eurovision, there are six-piece multinational multilingual European female band. The song itself is sung in four languages, Czech, English, Ukrainian and Bulgarian and is interestingly called My Sister's Crown. Nothing to do with teeth. Let's have a listen. My
favourites actually to win and I think it's about time the Czech Republic had a decent draw in the final so I'm hoping they're going to be have a yeah, decent draw in the final um <laughs> Uh, this, song, this song this song follows the recent tradition of the explosion of songs about female empowerment a la Russian Woman uh, from 2021 mm -hmm. and it comes from that kind of stable it, it's in a very hard semi-final one but I think will qualify but I don't see this as, as um, a contender for the title at all uh, and I'll tell you why it, it needs some modulation. It's three minutes of this kind of energy, uh, but that little moment at the end where it just stops and goes quiet and then stops, that, that, that could have been perfectly used and expanded to two minutes ten in, just to give the thing a little bit more light and shade and contrast. It's a bit relentless... That's what I'm saying. Um, like it's like one level. Yeah, it's a, well, I've used this expression before, a plateau song. It takes off, it gets up to a level, stays there for two minutes, 50, and then it stops. But at least it's an interesting plateau. It's an interesting plateau, mm, and therefore is. that's why... But, you know, the Czech Republic or Czechia do, doesn't have that many natural allies and voting friends, uh, and therefore in a televote-only competition it should be getting through but i think it's just going to be in the kind of seventh to tenth position and not in the top three or four yeah this entry has me between like hope and despair out of all the entries this year it's the most difficult to predict because the studio version and the li uh, the live national final version are really different yes <laughs> uh, the studio <laughs> version is one of my favorite entries of the year and the chorus for me just absolutely soars um maybe a bit less enthusiastic about the rap part and the verses uh but the the blend of modern beats and traditional melodies and harmonies to me just sounds epic uh, but the national final was a total mess and i'm not just talking production values uh, the vocals were not tight they looked like a bunch of girls like finding their mother's closet dressing up and play dancing to hip-hop yeah, the true. whitest girls you can imagine throwing hip-hop shapes and sort of randomly slot dropping a big fat no to all of that i hope they do something completely different on the night but if they can whip this into shape and do something more in the lines of the video uh I think this could maybe go top five. But what if if they qualify to the final? Because yeah. Anyway, what well, well, what's weird though about this is that they had the national final, and there was this one week gap before they announced the decision, and and then online voting was possible for anybody. You know, it was open democracy for all over the world. People can just go online and vote. So you know, I voted for this. Uh, well but done. The, but yeah, but then when I looked, when the results were announced, it won with seventy four thousand votes or something it's like what you mean all week these lines have been open and only seventy-four thousand people <laughs> and, and that's the winning song some of the songs only got like three thousand votes when they came sixth or seventh it's like you know had that been melody festival and or the uk the winner would have had like one hundred eighty-nine thousand yeah. votes or something it's just like it seems to suggest that the czech republic have felt rather lukewarm about eurovision mm -hmm. Well, you can tell that from the production value of the actual final itself. But it's a song in support of their Slavic Ukrainian sisters who are in need and some very powerful lyrics. You can take your hands back. No one wants your boys dead. There you go. And you're absolutely right about the draw because, I mean, last time round, they 
You know, I think were they last did the they, they were first on stage. Yeah, and they were first in the grand final. And and Late Malawi were and third. And Domi, yeah, yeah. If this is put on second in the grand final, there's going to be a revolution because it's just not fair. Are you are you going to be in charge of that revolution? It could be one of those famous Prague Spring type revolutions, <laughs> in which I will lead the way as long as I've got a bottle of prosecco in my hand. <laughs> On the thirtieth of January, the logo and the artwork for this year's Eurovision Song Contest was unveiled. Do you like the logo? It looks a bit like a mangled croissant, doesn't it? I've got anal beads going through your heart. Oh. I mean, that that sounds quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, United by Music is the, is the theme, and the artwork is made up of the colours of the flags of the Ukraine and the United Kingdom. It's very bright. It makes me sneeze. Anyway, Ireland's next, given their string of poor results over the last few contests. It seemed obvious to me there should be some change in their national selection procedures. However, on Friday the 3rd, 3rd of February, there was just six songs performed on the Late Late Show. As per usual, it was the exact same format since 2008, which has given the Irish absolutely no joy whatsoever. Now, winning was a four-piece boy-boy band called Wild Youth with their anthem, We Are One, It's a Plea for Unity and Love. They're going to be desperate for a change of fortune because they've only qualified once since 2013, which is really quite bad. This is actually quite rousing. Let's be aroused. Well, I've got a limp dick. We take our first breath And then we exhale Then we give it all we got until we fail We get back up again We take a look around
So, uh, yeah, would you want to explain your limp dick, please? I'm all shriveled up here. <laughs> oh, you know, my grandparents Irish. Uh, um, my name is Dowd. It's an Irish name. I have a very soft spot for the emerald oil. And I, it just crucifies me to watch the musical suicide being committed by this country every year. <laughs> I mean, the late, late show. Imagine, <laughs> can you imagine in this country we had the old Parkinson chat show and then once a year... Michael Parkinson said, oh, by the way, here's six acts mm. and we're going to fit them into my programme and, and it's called Eurovision and you all get to vote uh, and, and, and then and it's all over. Um, the Late Late Show format for choosing a song for Ireland has to be scrapped and abandoned. The good news is that the man who's been presenting it since 2009, Ryan Tubridy, has now announced that he's no longer going to be on the programme. So, is he dead? Uh, no, he's oh. just moving on. Uh, but if you saw the the, the national final uh, for Ireland this year, you'd see all these program um, people on their their little panel, um, basically saying of these really limp, terrible songs. Oh, this is really great! Your yeah, 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 it yeah. sounds like a classic. I think this has got a lot of potential to win. And you you sat there thinking, what are you talking about? Have you not seen Munnerskin? Have you not seen Barbara Pravi? Have you not you know have you not woken up to the fact that this contest has moved on? There was a, actually a bit of a cutting edge song there, "Midnight Summer Night" by Connolly, who turned up in a Primark sub <laughs> dress and and sang a bit out of tune, but then. Covered it a bit, and actually, th that song, had it been um, nurtured and and taken through rehearsals and polished, could have given Ireland a decent finish. And was leading all the way through the voting right till the very end. Yeah, and she I nearly cried. Yeah, no, it was it was their only cutting edge, decent, modern sounding song. This now on the plus side, they can sing. They're like a decentish sort of take that outfit from a One Direction from the nineties. But the song is so no, but and that's that's unfair. I think to, Gary Ball, I might disagree with you there. Yeah, like. no, but they can sing in tune and they do make a decent sort of noise. But the the content of what they're offering is so utterly drab and empty <laughs> and and retro. It's good retro and bad retro. This is just. You know, I'm not going to use that word vacuous because you'll start talking about <laughs> douches again. Don't tempt me. But but this 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 if I could get a bet for the song ending last in 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 uh, semi final one, this would be it. And 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 before I finish, the United Kingdom and Australia do not to get to vote in semi final one. So even the two <laughs> countries which were their natural allies with the Irish diaspora don't get to vote. So they're doomed. You're really angry, aren't you? I'm really angry. I He's feel spitting. more. I feel more passionate about negatively about this song than about any of the other songs in the whole contest because it's still the country with seven wins. It's still the country that brought us Johnny Logan and A. McQuinn and Neve Kavanagh and Donna and, and uh, I know, I know, oh, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, just in the turkey. Yeah. Anyway, I Juan. Know. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I just despair. <laughs> so in the music video, they were all wearing masks that completely covered their faces. And after hearing the song, who can blame them? Uh, they're called Wild Youth, but the song sounds more like tame middle age uh, it sounds like they did not write this song uh, and I believe they quote unquote collaborated with a well known Swedish songwriter 
who has definitely been around the block. And there is a calculated predictability present that has unfortunately sucked the life and energy out of the entry. I've used the term aggressively uninteresting before, and that very much applies when describing this song. The nicest thing I can say is that aspects of the song remind me of like where the streets have no name by U2 but it really lacks an identity of its own, both in the music, in the lyrics, which are super generic. It sounds like a commercial for life insurance or maybe for getting a vaccine. I don't know, <laughs> monkeypox, perhaps. Uh, there are quite a few bands this year, and unfortunately, this is the least successful of those entries. I really don't see There's this qualifying. There's a lot of male bands this oh, year, yes. isn't there? Oh, yes. What's going on there? I'll tell you what's going on. Everyone's thinking, oh, Liverpool, that's where the Beatles come from. I know, we'll send a big male band. <laughs> Honestly, I really think that is the explanation. Oh. You'll Don't mind a... if I do. <laughs> oh, there we See go. Uh, so where were we? We are now in Slovenia. They dropped their long-standing EMA national final competition this year after a series of very poor results, and instead they internally selected popular a rather cute <laughs> five-boy band Joker Out. The song's called Carpe Diem, another Balkan track with a Latin title for the second year on the trot. Yes, chaps, Latin is back. It's a fun song and the lads are very, very charismatic and they're oozing, oozing Balkan charm. Slovenia have failed to qualify for the last two years and the country hasn't had a top 10 score since 2001. Carpe Diem, seize that day. Come on, lads. Mi bovo celo noć plesali, ljubili se i se igrali, ko danas jutri već ne bo. Vidno mam besed, dana klid, vodno kamiške, mi pa bežimo sprepiha. 810 tisoč let moraš delat le, da duše malo zadiha. Više preživiš Ti ni česar ne dobiš Si tega res želiš Igra sovaštva je za vas Hvala lepa Ne računajte na nas Na nas Mi bomo celo noš plesali Ljubili se se i gradi Kod danas jutri 
koliko da jutri nas mogo I think that's a great song, but I think its chances might be improved somewhat if there's a bit of English in there. Anyway, who's first? Um, so the song is fun and it definitely sounds like they wrote it in comparison to, you know, to Ireland. Um, <laughs> and sure, it's a bit like Britpop. You can hear a bit of blur, a bit of suede in there. Uh, but this is one of those times where the studio cut does not do the live version justice. Uh, the the whole band have great stage presence and great chemistry with each other. They all work together as a group to really sell the performance. They are dressed sort of very retro and the way the frontman moves and engages with the camera feels a bit like Michael Hutchins, a little bit like Jim Morrison, adding to this kind of retro feel. This could easily be very annoying, but it is not. They're so confident on stage and seem to be having loads of fun. And I'm actually very charmed by that. I love it. And this is, for me, flying through to the final, especially in a only televote final uh, but in the final I don't know how the juries will respond however Yeah it's what's so strange this year with the televote only in the semis and juries coming in for the final is that songs which are going to be placed really really high in their semis might be pulled back a lot and others which might just creep through without the support of juries and the semis might suddenly go racing up there once uh, the professional jurors get together. There are lots of songs that fall into that situation. I think Slovenia is, is one of them. You know, I mean, I just feel there's like a bias about Slovenia. People just don't naturally vote for Slovenia because they don't have many great you know, supporters out there. Bosnia's not in there this year. You've got Serbia, there's no Montenegro, so all that Balkan um, support isn't there. But on the other, I mean, just musically, you know, this really ought to be flying through comfortably. And um, I, I agree. I think they have a kind of charisma and magnetism about them. And I think as long as the camera cuts are slick and good and the direction is yes, on yes. point on the night, you can really show this group off. They are everything that wild youth are not, with knobs <laughs> on. Exactly, exactly. So my you-know-what isn't limp anymore. <laughs> Rock hard! Pass that man a sachet. Now, uh, Spain are next. They decided to repeat their successful Benidorm Fest idea for the second year. Uh, there was 876 songs submitted this year, another riveting three-day event culminating in the grand final on Saturday the 4th of February. And scoring top marks from all three sets of votes was gorgeous 33-year-old Blanca Paloma, who, of course, as you all know, came fourth in last year's Benidorm Fest with a fantastic song. Uh, this year, she's got a self penned flamenco lullaby about a mother who wants to be buried in the moon so she can see her child every night. It's full of mysticism and bursting at the seams with energy and hot Latin passion. It's called... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which is a sound a mother makes to help calm her child to sleep. I mean, if my mum said that to me, I'd be wide awake. Do you know what I mean? And it's a triumph for the vowel. Mm, fill your ear with ear. Oh God, fill your ears with this. Ole.
Nina Paloma Blanca. There you go. Honestly, <laughs> one of the best vocalists of this year. Who wants to start? This is this year's uh, Caballo Oscuro. <laughs> Dark Horse. Um, there's absolutely no way, I think, of predicting where this is going to end because I think the jurors are going to absolutely mop this up. I think her vocals are stunning. I think it's ten times better than Chanel's slow-mo last year, which was all spectacle and no song, and this is... Buttocks, buttocks. Oh, God, don't get me started. Um, I just think this is a bit of Marmite thing from the public's point of view. I just think some people will love its distinctiveness, its soulfulness. I love the notion, you know, the the whole maternal child imagery and, and, you know, that if that's unpacked and told as a story, I think it's got a real heartstring pull for people if they have the song explained to them. And as we know in Eurovision, you don't get votes from the televote by being pleasantly OK in the middle. You're going to put off an awful lot of people, maybe 30 40%, but if the other 60% all pick up the phone and vote for you, you're going to get an avalanche of votes... So I have no way of telling whether this is going to end up third or 18th. I really don't know. Uh, I The more I listen to it, the more I, I just admire its, you know... The, 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 let me go back to last year with, with the French entry, Song in Breton. I think everyone was really shocked that it came next to last when it was a decent song. Uh, I wasn't. No. Well, you know, we well know. I was, <laughs> and I am everyone. But you know, the, the, there's a theory going around that says people didn't vote for it because it didn't sound French. And from France, you want a French song. This sounds like it comes from Spain. And people go, oh, it's Spain. You know, uh, and therefore I think it has a real kind of USP about it. Uh, it's growing hugely on me. I just think it's a breath of fresh air in a fairly dull year. <laughs> mm. So I really, really hope it does well. Um, so as soon as I heard the studio cut, it became my favourite song of Benidorm Fest, which was fantastic this year, by the way. Uh This was before I had seen it live, so I thought it would be, you know, an artistic and experimental avant-garde entry that I would love and it would maybe finish mid-table. And then I saw it live. Uh, now, I'm not too shabby of a singer myself, but I was picking my jaw from off the floor at how thinks. well... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I was picking my jaw from off the floor at how well she sang this. And she could sing it like a dozen times and she would totally nail it every time. And the staging is this emotional journey between colors and light and shade. It's a parade of excellence. And honestly, it's one of my favorite Eurovision entries of all time. Already, and certainly my favorite of this year by a margin. I mean, I know we were doing the thing, but I, I just had to say it. Um, I think Spain's but, probably his favorite song. Yeah. I think Spain's <laughs> his favorite song. Yeah. So <laughs> it's the sheer brilliance of its execution that is the accessibility of the entry, uh, and it's what massively broadens its range of appeal. For me, I think, honestly, this is like top three for Spain. It will compete with Sweden probably for the jury win. And I think it's, it'll do quite well in the televote. I think the West might have a little bit of like a Marmite reaction, but I think the East will completely soak it up. Uh, so I'm expecting like a Schum or a Constructa type televote. Um 
I mean, I would absolutely love it if it won, but I don't think the Televolt will be strong enough. Uh, but if it did win, it would be great for the contest. And who doesn't want to go to Spain for Eurovision? You're saying this is an absolute banker top five finish. Oh, yeah. Top, it's, about, oh, yes. it's about fifth or sixth in the betting. It's I think they up. are underestimating it massively. I mean, the last time Spain gave us Lebenko was Rebelio Samaya in 1983, and she scored no points and came last. It was a very different time. It was a very different time. Right, it was 1983. Yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, the lady on the cover of uh, the single is Blanca Paloma's grandma. Great grandma. Oh, cool. So there you go. It's a lot <clears throat> better than Maneja Mi Barca. And let, let me just... Uh, no, actually, Maneja Mi Barca is one of my favourite entrants of all time. I know, that's why I said it. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, uh, just the contrast between um, Chanel last year and Blanca Paloma, they're both very excellent in their field, let's say. Like, I am not a huge fan of the, of the Buddha Hypnotic song, but it did what it... You know what it set out to do very very well. The results that Benidorm is producing is very impressive. Blanca Paloma sings this with dignity. She does not have to dress as a strumpet to get the votes. I'm sorry, but I really didn't like that costume last year. Um, no, sure, the sure. women have to do all that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just not you know, sisters. Please support me out there. You know because I'm. Worried. You're not going to see Blanca Paloma's bottom are you? No. No. Now, Norway are next. They had the usual Melody Grand Prix doodah this year, which is three heats culminating in a big final on the 4th of February. Winning was 20-year-old Alessandra with a song she co-wrote alongside three of us. It's called The Queen of Kings. Now, Norway have only failed to qualify for the semi-finals just three times, so I think we can safely say this is going through with great Ease. It could be more Eurovision if it tried. She's broken out of a cage, she's thrown down the keys, and she's taking control of her own destiny. Let's have a listen.
she is going to open semi-final number one. So this will be the very, very first live song we're going to hear. Kicking things off with a big bang. Does she give you a big bang? No. <laughs> um, a little bang? It's on look, the cards. Look, she delivers it really well. She's a very, very uh, confident performer. Uh, she's very pretty. Uh, you know, she, 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 you can see why it won. But the thing is that uh, this will make a great impact, I think, and originally with the Televote, because it's for the people who just want to listen to it once and tap their feet, fine. The juries will see through the emptiness of the song. It's very, very basic. It doesn't really do an, an awful lot. It's very much painting by numbers. And it's very sad because, you know, recently we sat here in the studio and did a wonderful programme about Norway's great entries in Eurovision, mm -hmm. of which there have been some stellar entries. And in recent years, they're getting more and more um, vacuous and, and, and empty. They're, they're not remotely looking at complexity and subtlety and taking risks. Uh, I expect this to, rather like Sub Wolf for last year, end in the lower margins of the top ten and then be instantly forgotten. Yeah, she's about fifth or sixth in the betting, which just goes to show how bad the other songs are this year. This is everything that Spain isn't. Um, in the previous song that we discussed. You know, Spain has got fantastic lyrics. It's daring. It takes you on a journey. It's so cutting edge and and takes you into a place where we haven't been before musically, I think, in Eurovision for an awful long time. This sounds like something that you've heard quite an awful lot, uh, but it, it, isn't, it doesn't even do basic that well. <laughs> I, mean, I can't get any more insulting than that. <laughs> yeah, um... Both Melody Grand Prix, Grand Prix and Melody Festival and bank so much on accessibility that they they dumb it down to the point where it is just too obvious and it is a little bit tiresome. She is out and proud bisexual, so it's great to have that representation. She's very young and yet confident. I really like her voice. Uh, I would like her to use it a bit less in, a, in an, a bit less of an operatic technique and be a bit more aggressive, resonate a bit more to the front, but that's just me nitpicking. When I first heard the song, I like had a sigh of like, oh God, you know, this is just like, <laughs> <laughs> like this overly accessible nothing, you know. But then actually my Eurovision side took over and I do think it's campy, it's silly pop fun with a bit of female empowerment tacked on. Do I love it? No. Uh, am I going to get wasted and sing along to it on the night? Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, it's a pretty it's pretty decent sort of Eurovision fair, I would say. It's sort of like a sea shanty that you're just going to get drunk on. Um, and why not? Why not? <laughs> hmm. Valid points. Well done, darling. Thank, Thank you, you Bobby well. Shafto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are in Estonia, the Estonian national final selection, which we proudly call here uh, Eurobliss. Este Lorde. Este Lorde. Yeah, yeah. Uh, consists of two semi-finals. At this point in your life, you really should be better with talking with your mouth full. Yeah. <laughs> Depends what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> Depends uh, how motivated you are. Embroider on that, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gone quiet. Oh. Uh, two semi-finals and the usual ten-song final was held on one of those lovely super-duper super Saturdays, the 11th of February. And one of us is sitting here looking rather smug, but we'll get 
get to that in a moment, won't we, Mark? He's tucking into a pasta salad right now. Mm. Winning was 20-year-old Alika and her uh, a song she co-wrote with the team that gave us John's Tears to Looney there and Duncan's Arcade, Eurovision legends Vuta Hardy and Nina Sampermans. I thought you'd like to know that. Uh, the lady herself has participated in various song competitions since childhood and won the Estonian Superstar Show in 2021. So she's got lots of experience. So we're going to listen to it now. And then Mark's going to rub it on endlessly about how much he loves it and how much money he's made on it already. Now I'm heading home to solid ground. All the lies I've told myself have died Bring me to the place where I belong Filled with all the memories and dreams I have ignored delicious um <laughs> um what was that oh yes uh, mark um how much money have you won on that already please mark thank you very much 
Well, I did bet on this to win Estee Lauder. Uh, sorry, Eastie Lowell or whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, well, it's a bit nerve-wracking because she didn't win that convincingly, uh, but she did win. Um, I feel very ambiguous about this song. It's a kind of classic Mark Dowd song. It's a lovely lyrical piano entry. It's a ballad. Self-playing piano, even. Self-playing piano. <laughs> yes, uh, very classic. It, it, it has a lovely melody to it, but the, something doesn't quite work with it, and I can't understand what it is. Mm-hmm. It leaves mm-hmm. you a bit cold. Very cold. It's as though she's, like, singing from the outside of the song rather than from the inside of the song. Frozen. It, it's as though she's been given a vocal exercise to do, and here's a song, and you're going to get all the right notes, and you make a wonderful sound, but you actually don't believe in what you're singing about, and you're not actually taking the people with you in the song, and I think that's somehow coming through in the reaction to it. Um... Because it, there's, there's a bit of a mismatch between the force of her voice and the gentleness and the subtlety that's required by the message of the song. That it, 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 It's not landing where it should be somehow. And in a semi-final two, I think it will qualify and I think it will do very well with juries because she's a very, very competent singer. I think its best possibilities are ending somewhere like 10th to 12th in the final that's the maximum, but it might do a lot worse than that. I don't know, but it's not going to win. I mean, she really is trying to sell the entry all that she can with her vocal performance, and she does sing pretty well. The problem for me is, actually, I agree with what you're saying. It's as if the song does not suit her artistic persona, and she actually wants to be singing a different song, and she is singing a different song. (laughs) I don't think her vocal performance gels very well with with the track uh so t- to me the song itself is like a picture of of a dramatic sort of autumn day but sort of the generic stock footage version of of that picture uh for me it's the way the piano is arranged with the strings it just feels like something i've heard a million times in like car commercials and drama series it's not bad, it's just so familiar it becomes anonymous and I can't really connect and it might has to have to do with the disconnect between the artist and the music as well. Uh, hopefully they can do something to spice it up on stage. If it gets to the final, the juries will give this high marks but it has to get there first and I am not so sure about how this will do in the televote. However, it is semi-final too, so anything is possible. Yeah, whatever happened to the sort of quirkiness and creativity from Estonia? Mm, Romania is next. There was 12 songs in the Romanian final on that very, very same fateful super-duper Saturday, the 11th of February. Now, our singer is called Theodore Andre. He came second in The Voice Kids in 2017 and subsequently has released about 10 singles, which is amazing given that he's only 18 years old. Another one who's co-written his own song, we like this organic approach, none of this dream team malarkey, but he was a bit of a surprise winner of the Romanian final, and the song is called, it's got a very strange title, it's called DGT, and in brackets, Off and On, which I'm reliably informed translates as fingers, and I'm hoping it's the verb of that. This probably boosts Romania's poor recent record Oricât scriu, oricât skill, pe orice stil Cât de fin ea mă bagă într-un film De mă simt iar copil, mă învârge în vinil Că eu vreau să joc în filmul ei Oricât 
oricât stau, oricât dau, oricât vreau, oricât beau, orice top, orice toc, orice alții vorbeau Mie tot nu-mi păsau, alegeam și din mii de femei Că eu nu mă ia să ascunde, eu o sun, ea nu răspunde Mergi de box cu atâtea runde și ca pe Speechless. I don't think I've heard such a bad song for Eurovision ever. No, not ever. But but in recent years, this is really plumbing the depths. I mean, to say with certainty that a song will not qualify from semi-final two. <laughs> I mean, you know, Benny Hill reciting the telephone directory would have a better chance of getting through. I'd vote for that. Yeah, than 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 this. This is. There's nothing to say about it. It's just. Absolute drab, forgettable rubbish. Thank well, okay. you, Mark. I, I'm I'm going to be a little bit more positive. I think as a performer live, there is something likable about him. He strikes kind of as a pers- pers- his persona on stage strikes a charming balance between sort of geeky. Are you his and, agent? And <laughs> geeky and conventionally good looking. He's he seems very confident on stage, and he really, you know, he believes in the song anyway. Uh, well, that's one televote. So <laughs> yes, that's one televote. 
I'm kind of hearing a little bit of stop by Sam Brown. Do you do you know? Do, uh, yeah. You better yeah, stop. Yeah, anyway, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I mean, it's I, I don't know. Really, Sam Brown I, might sue you, by I'm the way, if really, he hears that. <laughs> she hears that. Uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he hears. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm not really sure what to make of the song. Is it like a fusion of blues, rock, and hip hop? And I'm not really sure the song itself knows what it is. Uh, the chorus uses sort of the same metric all the time. His vocal delivery is quite static as well. And actually his vocal deli- deli- delivery is pushing the limits of his vocal control and his performance is kind of all over the place at times. Maybe if he had had a bit more time to breathe... It feels like there are quite a lot of staccato vocals constantly coming at you in this song, like relentlessly. There's no pauses. There's no... Yeah. Uh, I think the production is a little bit amateurish as well. I really don't see this qualifying. I'm, I'm thinking of that really important moment in the replay, the clips and the reprise, you know, where mm-hmm. you get the burst of the seven seconds of the song. And it's like, which seven seconds of that are you going to choose to go to? Oh, it's that song. It's utterly forgettable. It has no meme. It has no hook. It, it's utterly... Uh, um, it's as Winston Churchill famously said: "This pudding has no theme. There's n- it's <laughs> themeless." Would you like a tissue? <laughs> we need to move on away. We do as need to far move as on. possible from Romania and go a little bit towards Scandinavia, and we find ourselves suddenly in Denmark. And our social media influencer and TikTok star Rani Peterson, aka Riley, and I can't believe, can't believe. Guess how old he is. I don't know, 25. 25? I thought he was about eight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Baby baby face. mm -hmm, He beat seven of the decent songs in a very unusually strong melody Grand Prix Danish style. It's called Breaking My Heart. He co-wrote it along with three others. He's the first person to come from a place called the Faroe Islands to sing for Denmark in the 50 years of our participation. Now, I had to Google that. Do you know where it is? It's the middle of the Atlantic. It's Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> it is practically Scotland, and they have no trees there because it's very difficult for the trees to survive in the strong westerly winds. Mm. This is Riley. Do you remember? Said it'd be easier if I was dead. Just went over. You're trying to start something, I'm in my head. Pink skies, red wine. I called your mind September. Scared to love you, but 
But I'm scared of breaking my heart If we click a back to the start Let this be falling apart I'm not scared to love you But I'm scared of breaking my heart Still breaking my heart If we go back to the start You'll still be breaking my heart If we go back to the start You'll still be breaking my heart second semi-final I believe a very strange choice I mean I would have gone with Belgium personally as a bit of a party um, because that's not a party song is it it's not a party song no. at all <laughs> what is it actually uh, I don't know what it is it's repetitive a, dribble it reminds me a bit of um, Benjamin Grosso's Swedish song from a few years ago has a kind of sub Michael Jackson feel about it um He's very sweet, uh, and it's a lot better than recent offerings from Denmark. Ah, but that's a very low bar to be starting from. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is also another song that likes change of gear and modulation. It mm. just goes to its place and stays there and stops. And it really needed something couple of minutes in to change the pace and to go into a different key or slow down and there was plenty of scope to be able to they do could that have as done well that. so yeah. it's just an elementary compositional observation that um i mean three minutes isn't very very long really to concentrate and yet you know um it can be an awful long time if the song doesn't change at all in any shape or respect and this song doesn't really so I fear for it, I have to say. if it, it will scrape through if it gets through. It's funny you should mention Michael Jackson because this is as white and plastic as Michael Jackson's skin eventually became. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm going to give you a round of applause for that. I'm going to second. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Well done. <laughs> uh, oh, you're <laughs> so witty. Uh, so his, his real name is Ronnie. Which actually, Ronnie. I think... Ronnie. Oh, it sounds like a, you know, a local brick builder. You know. <laughs> so R-A-N-I, which I actually think is way cooler than Riley. You were mentioning true, that yeah, yeah. you were mentioning that he's 16, but he's he looks 16, but he actually is eight. 20. Uh, yeah, I mean, he looks yeah. very, very young and he's 25. But the thing is also his whole demeanor and his whole act is like a very young teenager he's like hardly even moves his uh, you know arms and he always constantly looks down and then shyly looks up into the camera like oh i'm just i'm just so young and insecure i, I don't know what to do in front of this camera I just like true, oh oh true. my god i just find it so creepy <laughs> and like just him, yeah. i don't want to slap him and tell him to grow up mm. act his age uh but he's i mean it's very deliberately and clearly going for a younger demographic uh I am definitely not the target audience, but it is well produced and the whole package 
kind of fits and is clear. Uh, it is not for me, but I think it will definitely find its audience. What you are talking about, its simplistic approach, I think that is intentional. It, it wants to grab the kids, like much like a Catholic priest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're the one Sorry. talking about. You're the one talking about slapping eight-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's semi-final too, and basically anything could happen there. Let's move on to the last song in this first fantastic preview show, while Juan mops up his tears. Are you all right, love? If I have yeah, been. Uh, it's from Latvia. The Baltic states have only qualified twice to the final since 2008, and that's so bad, I feel like I need to say it again just to emphasise how bad it is. The Baltic states have only qualified twice to the final since 2008. So zero pressure for Sudden Lights, a four-piece indie rock band and one of Latvia's most streamed groups and winners of this year's Latvian Supernova competition. Their song has been written by themselves. It's called Aya, which uh, is not in English. It's not a, a cheery northern greeting. It's Latvian for lullaby or hushaby. And the band described the song as a lullaby for the overwhelmed world. Oh, isn't that lovely? Oh. Let's see if this song rocks your cradle. You said some words, didn't hear you fall asleep People were talking louder from my TV screen I heard them scream, it was too dark to Ayah, I, I, 
Did that put you to sleep? Um, no, actually, I thought it was sort of young art school angsty indie rock, and they very much looked apart, like uh, looked like early twenties art school students. I like the chorus. It's definitely a grower, though. Uh, it takes a few listens to get into it, and although you can hear influences from like Muse and Radiohead. This definitely doesn't feel generic or bland. It has an identity, and I really feel like it's their own music they are bringing, even though you do hear the influences quite clearly. Uh, as much as I like it, I don't know if the package as a whole is strong enough for Eurovision. If it's immediate enough for Eurovision, semi-final one is quite strong. Their styling definitely needs to be upgraded, and they really need to nail the staging for a song like this to be accessible. I would love to see it in the final, but if they'll. Be there very much depends on what they do on the stage. I would say borderline. Nah, they're not going to get there. What do you reckon? It's not going to get there, and it's not going to get there for one simple reason: that it's in semi-final one and not in semi-final two. If it was in two, it would have a fighting chance. It's just so not memorable enough uh, in in a semi-final full of so many other distinctive songs, and I fear that Latvia's recent record continues. I mean, it's not like bad or anything. It's just in a very strong. You need to hear it more times. Yeah, it, it is a grower. After yeah, one listen. But I mean, yeah. basically, you know, when you when eat your salad was better than you know. Do you think eat your salad is better than this? Uh, there's not much in it. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see this guy do a crowd surf. So that's twelve of this year's song selections sorted. We've got another twenty-five to go. Spread over two more podcasts. There's lots more to come. And at the end of the third session, I shall throw down my gauntlet and command my men to tell us who's going to win, so we can run down to bookies and make an absolute fortune and pay off our mortgages. Of course, that's not going to happen because the whole ethos of Eurobliss is apparently to get it wrong. So just don't listen to a word that we're saying because we haven't got a clue. So I'm going to sign off for now. I'll say thank you to Juan and Mark for joining me. Bye! Well trained. But you two need to keep sat sitting there because preview, sh preview show two... How many bottles of Prosecco have we drunk already? We're, we're <laughs> off. Count. Fourth. Ooh. Is around the corner. Chatty bye for now. Bye! bye.